0: Well, good morning, evening, afternoon.
1: (laughs) All the above.
0: That's correct. We are glad to have you listening to another pod sod of Dummies on Theology, where the dummies are real, the theology is something (laughs) unreal. Unreal, yes. I don't know what it is. Uh, Again, we would like to uh, ask you if you just take a moment, give us a rating. Give us a star or two or three or four. On any of your favorite sites where you listen to us, you can rate us. You can go to Facebook, leave us a comment, tell the world how much you appreciate us and need us that you can continue from day to day. So there you go.
1: That'd be fabulous.
0: Let's just introduce ourselves. For those who are listening for the very first time, I'm sorry. No, that's not my name. That's just how I feel towards you for uh, having to listen. And I hope you have something to stop the bleeding in your ears. My name is Pastor Chuck, as in Chuck Norris, as in the Texas Ranger of the LCMS. See what I did there?
1: I I saw that. I saw that. (laughs) Or I heard that. Maybe I should say that. You saw it, too. No, I saw it. I saw his breath. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Guy the IT Guy.
2: And I am Bruce the Faithful Sidekick. Once again,
0: setting the bar for sidekicks as high as it can be. That's
2: right. Thanks, Bruce.
0: Fallsbury himself couldn't flop over it. Actually,
2: I'm like Cato from the Green Hornet.
0: That's exactly who I think of. You ask Cato. I know. I loved him when he was on Batman.
1: Do you remember? I saw the kind of the behind the scenes of that, and they were talking about doing a fight scene between the two of them, and they told Cato to, you know, slow it down a little bit because Robin was having a little bit trouble uh-huh. keeping up, and it's <laughs> like, hey, don't so. don't beat him, you know, because they're up here and you're kind of still down there and. He didn't like that too much. Well, nor should he, because Bruce
2: Lee would destroy
1: Robin. (laughs) Yes, with a thumb.
0: Anyone named uh, what was his name on the show? Um, Yes,
2: Ward. No, his. Oh, Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson.
0: Yeah, that's a fighting name, if there
2: ever was one. It's a name where you're going to get fought. You're going (laughs) to fight with that name. Whether you win is a whole other ballgame.
0: Wait, you know, guys. Yes that there's a lot of candy around the church this time of year. You know that, right? That's that's true. And it's Tis the season. Tis the season for candy, right. Uh, because soon it'll be Tis the season for reindeers and things. But currently, it's a season of candy. And I was meeting with some children today. It was mm-hmm. interesting. And I said to them, I was reading to them a story. And I put quotation marks around the reading. I put air quotes, but I refuse to use them. So um, reading, meaning half-telling story of Luther and half reading the story of Luther to them, trying to engage them a little more. But I began by saying, do you know what happens on October
1: 31st? I bet you they all knew it.
0: They did. They said, we get to go Mm. trick-or-treating. It's that whole trick-or-treat thing that gets us in trouble. And uh, I told this to guy earlier over some chicken sandwiches, and he said to me, and I'll use my best guy voice, he said, We should do a show about the Reformation. (laughs) (laughs) People probably don't even know that that was not you talking. So we're going to do a little show about the Reformation. I'm not sure what that means or what that looks like. We don't either. uh, Right, because this is totally unscripted. Unscripted conversations about God, faith, and the messiness of the Reformation.
2: Oh, it was messy.
0: It It was mess your pants messy. Oh, it was. It was stand there in front of the emperor and be afraid you're going to die, Messi.
2: Here I stand.
0: I can do no other. (laughs) So with that, let's talk about the Reformation.
2: Go. I'm for it. It's too late. I think we've benefited from it.
0: I think all people have benefited from it. Right. And I was talking to a group of children that weren't all Lutheran.
2: (gasps) Yes, it's correct.
0: That has happened sometimes. And I let them all know: if you go to church somewhere other than the Catholic Church, maybe even there, you have benefited from the Reformation.
2: That's a good point. It's a great point.
0: Luther doesn't get enough credit. Our friend Marty deserves more credit.
2: Would be no uh, United States of America without a Reformation.
1: Hmm. That's right? deep. That is deep. Elaborate, Bruce. Uh, no, that, that, that was it. Oh. Oh, I mean.
2: Too. Wasn't the whole religious freedom idea one of the tenets of the United States of America? So if we're all just one Catholic church, big C, there's really no re- to, uh, reason to flee religious persecution.
1: Excellent point.
0: That whole big C, small C thing screws people up sometimes. I see. Do you want to elaborate?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I feel like you would. <laughs> Tell me about the difference between the big C <laughs> Catholic church and the little C universal church. One follows the Pope. Okay, The other follows God. Those are not the same people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great question.
0: Wow, I don't know. I'm going to defer to Guy on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say a big no. Okay, good. To good that. To
0: but the small c is the universal church, as we say that sometimes, mm-hmm. as opposed to just the... But it's the church Catholic. We have a unity in Christ, whether we have agreement in doctrine, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, or... Whatever words you choose to use there. We still have an agreement in salvation through Christ.
1: One faith. Yes. One faith. One Lord. One hope. One baptism. baptism. There we go. Ephesians 4. Yes. You should all
0: memorize that. So, where would we be? Let's just play what if. What if the Reformation never happened? Mm. Where
2: would Bruce be today? Hmm. Hopefully still in Germany somewhere. Maybe Saxony. (laughs) I I don't know.
1: Do you think they would have eventually made Bibles into the own native language?
2: Well, that's a great question. I'm going to say probably not, or at least there would be be no reason to. I would assume they would have just kept everything the same.
0: Uh, I would agree. I mean, if you're trying to keep people in ignorance, and, and, and I don't know. I always struggle with this. Was it intentional? I mean that they didn't try to find put the Bible into people's hands so that Mm -hmm. they became the experts and what they told you was what the Bible said is what the Bible said, or 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 was it just because it was just easier and no way to handwrite a German Bible until our friend Gutenberg, the printing press guy, not the actor from (laughs) that cop movie, but uh, until he came along, you know. So I just never know. I'd like to give the church benefit of the doubt, but I know people, and I know they like power. I know what Luther saw when he went to Rome, and he was very dissatisfied with the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the wealth of the church, you know, or the ornateness of the church, Catholic, mm-hmm. there, you know, gold everywhere, right, and the abuse of the people. So,
2: well, I mean, you can you could probably make an argument both ways. I I would imagine. There were some that say would say that because the common man isn't trained or educated enough to handle the word of God, there's no reason for him to literally handle the word of God in printed format. Mm-hmm. Which you could say that. I just did.
0: I know you did. <laughs> that's why I said you could say that. I did. But my question would be from the original intent of the authors of the scripture, and there I don't mean just the spirit of God mm-hmm. in breathing that word. What was the intent? It was a written word that was intended to be put into the hands of the people, is my assumption, Mm -hmm. as I was educated.
2: Well, I mean, you're going to have to help me, Pastor Chuck. Didn't the Bible just kind of come together, though? I mean, there's various loose texts all around. A lot of what's in the New Testament are actually just letters to churches, not necessarily an intended codified book.
0: Oh, it was not necessarily an intended codified (laughs) book by the people that wrote them. But I'm saying what those individuals wrote— I think they intended to not just be read to those people once, but to be in the hands of the people for themselves to be able to read.
2: It's an interesting question. Hmm. It's a deep thought. It's a deep thought.
1: Jack. Do we have deep thought sound? You know, I need to work on that. I don't I don't have that. Do you have any kind of bells or whistles
0: or something that say deep thought? <laughs> no. Okay.
1: No, I don't have that either. I just have that. Um, that's more like a...
0: That... That's a deep thought sound. I like that sound. Yes, that's... I think that's a good deep thought sound. Um, yeah, so where would we be with Scripture, with church, with salvation in Saxony? Because that's where Bruce is.
2: Well, I don't know. If we play out your hand, wouldn't it just have kept on the same course or we're going to be required to do a lot of things and still wonder if we've done enough to earn salvation? Wouldn't we be like Luther maybe? Whipping ourselves until we bleed, and wondering if we've done enough. I'm guessing some of y'all would do that, <laughs> or or would other of us eat some uh, fatty foods and just wonder if we've done enough, and just kind of. I would hope comfort eat.
0: Yes, I would just hope I did enough. Like, well, I'd like to beat myself, but I don't like pain that much, so I don't think I will.
1: Oh. I'd try to find some relics, relics, Ooh, relics. Yeah, yeah. that would be but fun. I could, I could hold on to and. Uh... So would
0: you just like go digging for them? Yeah. You've done some spelunking.
1: I've done some archaeology, yes.
0: Yes, I call that all spelunking. But yes, you've done archaeology. I have. Did you find a relic?
1: I don't know if I would call it relics, but I did find some pottery um, shards.
0: Did you find some shards that made everyone come together and stop working and say, put your shovels down?
1: I found a shekel weight. Um, I actually found two of them. Throughout the whole dig that we were on, these are the only things that had inscriptions on them. And so... Because of that, our little square that you know we dug at um, got a little prize of uh, alcohol at the end of the day.
2: Ooh. Were so. you over twenty-one?
1: I was. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, dig, no, I, yeah, I dig. I dig that. It. Yeah.
0: That's cool. No pun intended. Well,
1: maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've I like I like digging in dirt. So I, I think maybe I would uh, do some more of that and try to find some relics of. Maybe I would try to find if that's actually the shroud of Turin. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe that could be my actual Find Maybe this is not the real one Maybe I, there's another one out there
0: I think you're the kind of guy That would find it And then put it on your face And run around and say Look I'm
2: Jesus That's
0: what I envision
1: Do you see that as a problem?
0: No I would be laughing Oh okay side. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
2: shroud You gotta wear it I mean come on I mean what better day Than October 31st To wear the Shroud of Turin Yeah
1: Nice yeah. So yeah I would I would like some relics I think that would be Kind of fun have one in your house and you can just uh rub it whenever you needed to oh, look at it. Nice. Pray to it. Invite some.
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't know if they pray to relics. Oh, come on, pastor Chuck.
1: I mean, you're a pastor,
2: so let's just say the church never changed and all of a sudden you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, this grace is totally different. I mean, what would a, what would you do? Put yourself in Luther's shoes. What would you do if you mm. discovered that maybe our practices don't line up with our well, <laughs>
1: Word of God. (laughs) You paused so long. I was like, oh. I was
2: No, I
0: was scared. scared. (laughs) Um, What book am I reading,
1: particularly?
2: Pick
0: one. Romans. Romans? You're reading Romans? Am I reading about being justified by faith? Indeed. You Uh, could be. Then I got a problem. Because then you got to figure out what to do with this. I know, right? If, if, if. Now, granted, uh, Luther is, from a time when most of those guys were... You know, philosophers, scholars, scientists, doctors. I mean, they could do it all. Mm -hmm. And they pull your tooth out and say something to you to give you something to think about while you were doing it. So, you know, some of those connections that he makes, you know, from if, if, if it's by faith that I'm justified or the just shall live by faith, all of that, and he begins to make all those connections. I don't know that I put all those loose ends together on my own. Not if that's not what I've been educated in. You know, I'm the guy that's in there,
2: Duh. you know what
0: I'm saying? So, I mean, he was a scholar of the highest order.
2: Well, true, though. But I mean, even, even if you just read Romans without having that scholarly background or even if you were indoctrinated in one way, wouldn't you still struggle with just the... There's some tension there. I mean, it's sure. pretty straightforward.
0: But, but uh, yeah, so that's one of those. Can you say the word crap on the radio?
1: Yes, you, okay. just, did. you just did.
0: That's one of those, oh, crap moments, because you're like, now I know something. Yeah. I mean, and then you got to do something. Either you don't do something or you start a reformation. I mean. Yeah. And really,
2: he wasn't trying to destroy the Catholic Church, was he, Pastor Chuck? I
0: don't know what was in his mind at the time, but we call him, you know, he called it the Reformation. So it's a time of reforming as opposed to a time of uh, either transforming or. Uh, overthrowing. I don't think he was. I mean, no. his his idea was: here are ninety five things that the church isn't doing well, or that are contrary to the word of God. Let's fix them. Yeah, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then let's be the church Catholic again. But if you can't fix them, then I have to write things that say what you're doing is wrong, so I can free the people.
1: But then I think it also is very telling to see how the Catholic Church reacted to those ninety five things. They didn't want to change any of those things. They're like, oh, we need to get this guy out of there. Hit that button.
0: You know, it's (laughs) interesting because while the kids did not, any of them, get October 31st right, even the Lutheran ones, um, when I asked them why the church would be mad at him, they all got it right. They're like, because he's taking money away from them. (laughs) So these are third graders, and they were able to make the connection that this wasn't about faith. This wasn't about the word of God. This was about profit. Yeah. And you got a profit and loss kind of columns and all of that. And he's cutting into the margins. That's right. Because if now what we're charging you for is free, why are you going to pay for it?
2: Right. Wow. So you're saying he overturned the uh, money changers' tables and stuff?
0: Yeah. Or remember when Peter uh, cast out that demon? I think it was Peter. Uh, there was uh, these guys had this girl with a demon in it and uh, in her, and they ca- he cast it out, and they were using it for fortune telling. Yeah. And they got mad at him. Well, you'd think they'd care about the girl, but what they cared about was what was coming into their pockets. And generally, the case, we're all that way to some degree. Yeah. We don't want anything that's going to affect our way of life. And on top of that, he's questioning the authority of the Pope as the apostolic succession sort of thing that he can speak on the same level as God's word. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the Pope, I'm not very happy with that either. Plus we realized at this time, the church was in bed with all the politicians and that was kind of messy as well. Uh, at least as far as I, as far as my reformation history goes. So you've got guys who there are people who have positions in the church because their parents are bad positions in politics or their fathers and then vice versa, so so the whole thing was a
2: mess. True. So do you think, so now here we are, 2020. Did the, did the gospel, the advancement of the gospel benefit by the Reformation? Or in some ways has it been stunted maybe? I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think in a lot of ways it has benefited. But I think th- there's some cons to that because now we have so many different denominations that sometimes it does seem like the gospel has been, become cloudy from all of these different understandings or versions of of the gospel and i think that has been a con but but i think primarily it has been a, a blessing to uh, to the world
0: yeah i would say i would agree totally that uh, positively he unburdened a bunch of people and, and and not just a generation of people but a lifetime or or uh, moving forward generations of people from that oppression of the church but on the flip side as listeners and lutherans were good at this it's free grace it requires nothing it expects nothing it demands nothing and i don't even have to show up you know we just celebrated confirmation Mm -hmm. inside the lutheran church 30 percent of those kids will never come back to church or at least not the lutheran church and why do we do that? Why does that happen? I think it's because we take any demand off of them and we so unbridle the horse, cut down the fences and hope that if it loves us, it'll come back. Guess what? It ain't coming back. Once that horse tastes his freedom, it's gone forever. And so I think that's the dilemma for us is how do we rein back into that so that we don't end up with what Bonhoeffer called a cheap grace, mm-hmm. um, but we we have a grace that we understand what it cost and not only what it cost God, but what it cost us in the sense of there's a demand. When I am under the gospel, there's still a demand on my life that I worship, that I live my life in love for God and love for my neighbor. So somehow we have to get, but we don't talk that way because suddenly now it sounds like, oh, so you're saying it's not free. I have to do something. Right. No, you don't have to do something. You do something. And I guess that's the difference. I don't have to be. I don't have to love God. I don't have to love. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Love my neighbor. I do those things out of response because for... I'm under the cross, because I'm under that umbrella of God's grace. I do. So in that sense, I think the Reformation, <clears throat> uh, not the Reformation, but sinful people, have taken what Luther sought to give people, and turned it into something not what it was intended to be.
1: To become lazy.
0: Yes, lazy and fat gluttons of God's grace.
2: Keep going with that thought. So so let's say we could, uh, you know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Let's bring Luther back today, and he takes a look around at the state of American Christianity. What do you think his reaction would be?
0: Oh, can I say that word again? I think he'd be like, oh, crap, I started this? Because I, I don't think he meant to get that far away from where the Catholics were. I mean, I really don't. And I think if he saw church.org, church.com, church at. You're like, really? This isn't even church? Because his problem wasn't with the practices of the church as far as liturgical practices in that sense. It was the other things that they were adding to, much mm-hmm. like Jesus in the time of the Pharisees continuing to add things to the laws that God had given them. He was not trying to add. He was just subtracting things. Um, you know, For him, the marks of the church are word and sacrament. Half the churches today don't have word and sacrament. And, and, and the ones that do have sacrament, I'm going to argue that when they tell you they can, you can do them online from home or consecrate them yourselves, they don't have sacrament. So you got word. So you only have half the mark of the church. And the word that they're proclaiming mm-hmm. is a, still a cheap grace. It, it's almost placing us under this bondage that we still—I think we got a lot of people that think they got to work to do good because they don't understand the gospel. You know, nothing's free. That's how we always hear it. There's no such thing as a free lunch. So it's free, but I got to give my pastor some money for Pastor Appreciation Month. I got to put something in the offering plate. I got to come so many times a month, whatever it might be. I, you know, I, I can leave at 90. I have a little lady. I'll leave her. She's 95 years old. I'll leave her house after commuting her and having time together in the Word. And, and she'll always look at me. she say, you know, Pastor, I know I'm getting close to death. I sure hope that I was good enough to get into heaven. Hmm. Where does that come from? Right. I have never used those words in my lifetime, and yet I think in our own sinfulness we concoct that so that we're participants, uh, we, we work salvation. synergistically with God in salvation.
2: Yeah. Can't I think that's just part of the sinful nature. But also I wonder, maybe you guys can address this, because I'm not that smart because I am a dummy after all. But, I mean, it seems like the gospel today, if you ask somebody what the gospel is, I don't think they would talk in terms of salvation. I think people think the gospel is like uh, some rules that I can live my life by that makes it better somehow.
0: Yes, because we associate gospel with preaching. and much Prosperity. Of what, and so much of what the preaching we get today is prosperity. It's life coaching. It's the best life now, 60 minutes, a happy hour, whatever you want to make it to be. So, yeah, I think that's where people have the, uh, again, a cloudy vision of what the gospel is, just like they did in the time of Luther. So pay hey people get your Jesus lenses on and read your gospel and realize that you have been set free, but not set free to be fat and lazy and gluttonous on God's grace, but you've been set free, free to love God above all things and to love your neighbor as yourself. So love somebody today, especially your neighbor, the one whose dog poops in your yard and he doesn't pick it up. Give him a hug from a distance. We'll see you on the flip side. (laughs)